like the description of Jesus as the savior of our soul, as our savior generally, because Jesus is Lord, yes, Jesus is king, yes, Jesus is master, yes, whichever one, Jesus is plenty things, Jonathan, he, he's plenty things, he's a carpenter, <laughs> you know some people say he's a waiting, waiting carpenter, you know, I like the way Papa Deboye puts it, you know, he's just the waiting, the unchangeable changer, the waiting, waiting, he's all those things, but much more. And I want, and I believe, and I want Christians to emphasize that and begin to believe that Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is King. He's Lord. He's our Father. But He is our Savior. And that's the Easter message. That Jesus is my Savior. My Father is my Savior. My King is my Savior. He's George. My George is my Savior. Ha! That makes it good. Your George is not one who is there to send you to jail. That is hell, as most Christians think. Because what most Christians think is that Jesus is there to look for all their faults and take them to hell. You know, as a little kid, I used to think, you know, when I want to do bad things, when I want to steam it or something, when I want to do my mysterious acts, I could just imagine, say, God, they see me. Then that thought that God is looking at me makes me stop. Why? Because they told me that on the last day, God will bring one TV and show all my sins. So we thought God was waiting for an opportunity to trap us in our sins. No! That's not the kind of judge you have in Christ Jesus. The kind of judge you have in Christ Jesus is a kind of judge that is there to save us. Jesus, if they say they caught... Wait, look at the woman caught in the, with the, in, in the very act. When they brought him to the judge, Jesus, our Savior, what did he do? He looked for the best possible way to save her. Even though, according to the law, once you are caught, there is nothing else but to stone you. According to the law, once you are caught, there is no vindication. Jesus used that same law to look for a way to save. Because it's in his nature to save. It's not in the nature of Jesus to condemn. No, there is no bone of condemnation in Jesus. No one. Oh, I love what the scripture says. Jesus said, after, after he has told them, of course, which of you... Any of, you, any of you here who have not sinned according to the similitude of this same sin, stone her. But look at what he said. He said, is there anyone, after he finished everything, he said, is there, he said, woman, is there no one left to condemn you? She said, none. The woman was waiting to hear what he would say because after, of course, after no word is left, why did they leave? Because they were sinful. Of course, he was the only one that was without sin. So he was the one left to the final judgment. So she was still there waiting. He might stone me. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Ha! I like what Joseph Prince says. Joseph Prince says, The gift of no condemnation empowers you to go and sin no more. That's the kind of judge you have in Christ Jesus. Jesus is not there waiting to catch you in your sins. Jesus rather is there to save you. Oh, I believe, I want... I wish Christians would begin to see Jesus more than being a judge, more than being a master, more than being Lord. Those things are good. But begin to see him as a Lord that saves, as a king that saves, as a master that saves. Jesus is our savior. He's our savior. He's our judge and he's our savior. He's our king and he's our savior. He's our master and he's our savior. He's our father and he's our savior. 
we have a savior in Christ Jesus. Especially today where everybody, you know, these days everybody, the way the society is bringing everything, everybody wants to be independent. Everybody wants to be master of their own. As you are master of your own, you better have Jesus as a savior. Because when you face issues, no matter how many of them stands to accuse you, Jesus will always be there to set you free. Jesus is always there. You know, a lot of people, they go through issues that nobody can help them. And because they've turned there, they've turned there, they've turned there, they just lose hope. But the Easter message, oh, that is why the sacrifice of Jesus is there. And I keep saying it, that is why the sacrifice of Jesus is always made public. The sacrifice of Jesus was not done in the corner. It was on a hill, Golgotha, for every man to see. So right now, so that nobody will be, we, we have one excuse to look to men and look to this and look to this and then give up. No matter how lost you are in your sins, there's a savior who is able to save you and not condemn you. Hi! <laughs> he's not just able to save us, he's able to save us and leave us without condemnation, with the empowerment to go and sin no more. I could sense the power of God. That's our Jesus. Who. That's our Jesus. That's the picture of Jesus. That's the picture of Jesus that God wants us to carry. Not just on Easter day, but every day of our lives. That we'll have a savior in Christ Jesus. You know, on the Sermon on the Mount, I said something I went to my, I kept thinking of it. Listen, when Jesus took our sins upon his body, what is left? Wait. Because, remember I told you, he became sin for us who were sinners. That means what happened is that he became our sins. Wait. If I carry your bag, where is your bag? It's with me. Where are your sins? Your sins are with Jesus. But the good thing about the Easter message is that he did not just die. He rose again. Wow. <laughs> That's something to shout about forever. I have a message. I have a, I have a meeting I've been planning to be doing. Something to shout about. <laughs> because this Jesus is something to shout about for all eternity. When he said, no matter how many messages we preach, no matter how, how well we sing, we can't, we can't exhaust this, this love. He took our sins upon his body and died. Let's read First Corinthians. I think that will be said to be our team message for this month. Because we'll be reading First Corinthians 15, First Corinthians 15, First Corinthians 15 every Sunday. First Corinthians 15. Oh, thank you, Father. From verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you. With also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory that which I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Then verse 3 is my emphasis. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So in the scriptures, what is there, what, that means what is settled in all eternity is that Christ died for our sins. <laughs> Christ died for my sins. I know it pains religious people to say with audacity that Christ died for my sins. But let me tell you, that's how to be free. Christ died for my sins. Because if I say Christ died without saying he died for my sins, like we said on the Sermon on the Mount, that means we are saying Christ sinned. Because without sin, men don't die. And he was sinless. He didn't commit any sin. But the Father made him sin with our sins. For us to say Christ just, if we just say, you know, a lot of people, what they just say is Christ died. No, that's not complete. Christ died for our sins. That's what completes it. Because what killed him? Men don't die like that. I showed you in someone in my, how, how Adam died. Adam died after he had sinned. That's how sin came into the world. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Men die because of sins that was passed from Adam. So without sin, men will not die. So Jesus wouldn't have died if he wasn't made sin. That's why he cried. My, 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 that's why he cried. Father, why have you forsaken me? Because it's sin that makes God 
turn away from people. Sin, first of all, like I said, there are two, there are two types of death. Spiritual death and physical death. Until you die spiritually before you begin to die physically. Adam died spiritually when he ate of that fruit. Jonathan, that's why he was able to die later, over nine, over nine and something years. That's how men die, because of that sin that has been passed down. So Jesus died because he took part of the sins of Adam. He took part on that cross. Our sins, the sin of man was laid upon him. The sin of the first Adam. That's why he came. To be the second and the last Adam. To take upon himself that punishment of sin. So right now we are free. Because Christ died for our sins. Christ died for my sins. He didn't just die. He died for my sins. He'll be gone there, shoot him. He'll be actor and boast. You know some people think it's the devil that shot him. Pam, pam, then he died. No. God shot him with our sins. That's the bullet that killed him. The bullet that killed Jesus. Ah! It's our sins. Our sins was the bullet that killed Jesus. Was the poison that he drank of. Let's read verse 4. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So he didn't just die with our sins. He was buried. And the good news of Easter is that he rose again. You will not understand the significance of that scripture if you just stop there because you have to read again. Listen, Jesus, speaking of the parable of seed, said, if you don't understand this parable, how are you able to understand every parable? That means that parable is the way that we are able to understand every other parable. Why? Listen, when you plant a seed, you plant something dry, something like that. But when it comes up, it comes up I, I don't, I'm finding, I'm looking for English to put how it comes up. It comes up different. It comes up in a new form. It comes up in a new form. So, Jesus was the seed that was planted. You remember I told you on someone in mind, Christ is the seed of greatness. Jesus is the only seed that you need for greatness. When he was planted, he, he was planted, okay, let me use the scriptures to explain. First Corinthians 15, let's go down. Oh, glory. Thank you, Father. First Corinthians 15. Are you there? Look at, um, let's see from verse um, 36. He said, Thou fool. <laughs> I like when scripture calls people fool then. So that, maybe we call them. He said, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. So from this scripture, we can say, Jesus died to be quickened. And that which thou sowest. Thou sweat not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Listen to what he's saying here. He's saying, what you plant is not just one mango seed. Does the mango have back? But he's saying, that thing, that bare thing that you plant, it might be wheat. That means it might be mango. It might be orange. It might be this. But you don't plant the orange. You plant orange seed. 28. 38. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And to every seed his own body. Go to verse 47. Let me show you something. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
but they didn't know that they were sowing the seed. Oh, Mariko Toza Balaba, Mariko Toza Mandasi Pratusta Halaba. Jesus was sown in corruption. On the third day, haha, <laughs> on Easter morning, you know, sometimes uh, I picture, picture Jesus here. You know, we read Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 talks of that he, he led captivity captive. <laughs> I love that scripture. What it means is you can just, with all the demons of hell, he was bound. They thought, you know, I, you know, I when I imagine Jesus in hell, eh, you know, the, those devils are loving. He don't crown. The guy that was disturbing us, we killed him. They were just mocking him, disturbing him, tormenting him. Uh, you know, you know that's that's the torment for sin. Some people think hell is just one place where you go and just you know. Some people say, "I'm going to hell with chill with Michael Jackson." You know, we'd rather go to hell. We hear we hear all the bad bad music. We see all the musicians. No worry, go. <laughs> Better hear this gospel now. <laughs> That's what they think hell is. Hell is the Bible calls it a place of torment and gnashing of teeth. That means there are demons, but that their job is to torment people in hell. That's their work. What is that? You know, hell is not the final place. So. There's a lake of fire that the bottomless pit that burned with brimstone. Hell is just the first one. Where God just put them there. There, you know, you know the devil now and his cohorts. That's what they do now. The torments those guys. That's their work. So when you go there now, that's what they will be You say, I could just imagine how they were doing to Jesus. You that raised the dead, you are here. They were frogging him, disturbing him, piercing him. See, let me tell you, what happened at Calvary is just the physical part. If God will open your eyes to see the spiritual part, you begin to understand that sin cannot be paid for by any act of man. No man, okay, if man can pay for sins by going to hell, why have we not heard that one man was released from hell? All these people with their, with their preaching of good behavior. No good behavior can save any man. No, no righteous, this thing can save any man. Jesus, see, let, let me tell you, you know the reason why Jesus will pay for sin? Because his body was the body of the Son of God. He was the Son of God. See, the weight of sin could have crushed his spirit. But he wasn't a man. He was life. He, 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 Jesus is life himself. So no matter how death, death cannot crush darkness. I mean, darkness cannot crush light. So no matter how dark the weight of sin was, the Bible said, we read it to someone in the mountain. He himself, Jesus, gave up the ghost. He didn't say, hell killed him. Jesus said, my life, Nami, Nami, they decide to carry him. Nami, they decide to lay him down. It's not, he, he, he himself, we read it now, he gave up the ghost, Matthew 27. He, Jesus, gave up the ghost. He chose to die as a substitute, taking upon himself that sin. Why he chose to die was to go there and undergo the punishment for sin. The due punishment for taking upon our sins on his body, he took it. He was life himself. He was light himself. He took upon himself darkness to pay for our sins. Duly. So the scripture said, it is sown in corruption, it is raised. So when he was in hell, when they, was torment, when they were tormenting him, the scripture said he led captivity captive. Imagine they, they were bound him, they were flogging him, tormenting him. But on the third day, when God said, the price has been paid. To show you that it was in three days. See, let me tell you, Jesus is God. The life he lives is a God life. God said one day with God, 
I mean, a thousand years is like a day. Those three days, eh, it's not normal three days. It was a life of God three days. So Jesus was there in God's sight. For, if we want to use arithmetic, for 3,000 years. See, if you want to equate things with God, you go mathematics. Not they use man. See, the, the price of sin cannot be paid by any man. It has to be paid by life himself. All men were corrupted after similitude of man. So none could pay. Only the Son of God. Oh, but on the third day, when the price was paid, I could just imagine him made life. Kalabaraka. Oh, we need cartoon for that one. The one Joseph Prince did was the one that his sin was upon him. But we will do our own. The holy nation one. When the holiness himself rose. Marakapaya. <laughs> I could just imagine all the chains, all the devils. See, remember, let's read that scripture, Matthew 27. Thank you, Father. Oh, Marabudaza. You know, someone in the mouth said something. <laughs> oh, glory. Matthew 27. Are you there? Thank you, Father. Okay. Verse 20, 20 verse um let's read from verse um okay, let's just read from 50. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and he got up his spirit. Let me read King James so that I'll read with people's translation. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he got up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. Remember, I will say that in someone on the mount, so there's no need. But my point here is from, look at the next verse, verse 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. So understand? Read the next verse. Hear what the centurion said. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they greatly feared, saying, Truly, this is the Son of God. Understand? Listen. Before I used to think the resurrection happened immediately, he died. No. But the scripture puts it. You know, this account was written after everything had happened. Now I began to understand that there, was, there is a comma. That thing happened, happened days after. It was after on the third day. That's when these guys rose up. Why? He led captivity captive. That shows that the price was paid. Listen, listen. The price for sin has been paid. Why did men die? Because of sin, Abi. For the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. So why were they made alive? Why did the graves open if the price was not paid? It's sin that holds people bound. It's sin that kills people. Hey, I can sense power now. It's sin that holds people bound. But when that sin, when that price was paid, the Bible said that the graves were opened. Death could not hold them bound anymore. That's how we are. That's the kind of life that God has given us right now. There is nothing of sin. There is nothing of death. There is nothing of hell that can hold us bound. With this life. Ha! 
when we talk like this, they say they say we are uh, that we are we are braggadocious. Me, I know the name. I'm arrogant in the finished works of Christ, not in myself. I don't know when last I had a headache. From here, who born you? <laughs> you know, sometimes I cannot picture all my village demons. He said he won't be pastor. He said he won't be pastor. Then let them be calm. The Bible said the graves were opened. He led captivity, captives. Picture it in your head. These are the kind of pictures that God wants you to have. How those demons, when he was made alive, how they're scattered. Read Revelation, Revelation when he appeared. Let's read it. Revelation chapter 1. Remember, I told you, I told you in um, Someone on the Mount that once Jesus is revealed, grace is released. Now you see how grace to live over the powers of the devil, over the powers of hell, over the powers of hate, over the powers of darkness, over the powers of sin that hold men bound. There is nothing like addiction for us. We have broken it in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Revelation 1. Let me show you the picture of. Look at it from verse 5. It said, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Listen, he said he's the first. I mean, Jesus not just rise again. I keep telling you, this life that we have is resurrected life. It calls Jesus the first begotten. That means it's not only Jesus that rose again. That's why those guys who have to follow. What it means is that, see, what, when we say we believe in Jesus, eh, well, you know what, we know what it is. We've identified ourselves with him. We read in the sermon in the mouth. We died with him, so we rose again with him. So we are ancestral causes. I am far above principalities and powers. said, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. I, then did they ever want to read the last part? And washed us from our sins in his own blood. Then look at verse 6. And had made us kings and priests unto God unto, uh, and his father. Jonathan, to glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Then let, let me show you now. Go now. Verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And there also which pierced him. And all kingdoms of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Verse 9, verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come. You see the Jesus? That's not all though. Let, let's read. Go to... Go, let's jump to 11. Okay. For the sake of time, if we read 11 to take us down, let's just go to 18. It said, I am he that liveth and was dead. Dead man talking. <laughs> and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Listen, I said, see the picture. Have it. Where did he have the keys of hell and death? Well, he went there. That's why he had to die. That's why he had to die and go there. On that third day when he rose, eh, I can just see. Some people think Jesus fought. Jesus did. That's, see, that's what holiness is. Absolute holiness. Righteousness. Immediately, God just said, Yes, my son, the price has been paid. Eh? He was made righteousness. He was made absolute holiness. In that instance, I can just picture all of them slain under the power. They were slain under the power. The power of his holiness. They were slain. And, and he just walked up. Wild and free.
Hello everybody, welcome to the Christmas podcast. Now I decided to make this podcast to just clear the air on the misconception of why we celebrate Christmas, of the true spirit of Christmas. You know, because a lot of people just celebrate Christmas not knowing what it's all about. You know, thinking Christmas is all about the food wine gathering of families together well that is not bad in itself but there's a spirit of christmas according to scriptures that we are supposed to have so that's what this podcast is all about now first of all i'm going to read this portion of the scripture it's going to be a long one from luke chapter 2 go middle luke chapter 2 from verse 1 and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their field, over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord had made known unto us and when they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Hallelujah. Uh, this is what I call the first account of Christmas. You know, This is the first origin of Christmas that the Bible gives to us. You know. But first of all, what is Christmas? The word Christmas is an integration of two words. That is Christ and Mass. And we all know the word Christ is a Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. That means anointed one. You know, the anointed one can be translated as Lord or King. You know, when we say Jesus is Lord, we are saying Jesus is the anointed one. You know, you know the Jews actually, actually believe you know, in the promised anointed King, who is the Messiah, who was expected to rule, teach, and save God's people, that is Israel. You can find references of the Messiah beginning from Genesis when man sinned, when man fell short of God's glory, 
and and God said that the the seed of the woman shall bruise the shall crush the serpent you know so right from there we begin to see uh, references of the Messiah being born into the earth well we're going to talk about that in the next study you know more we're going to expose more go more dig into the story of who the Messiah is but today I just want us to talk about the essence of Christmas the account you just read is what I call the first Christmas you see if if Christmas is the celebration of Christ the anointed one that means the first Christmas happened when um, these shepherds who were giving the news of of the birth of Jesus came all, all the way to the manger to see Jesus so you see the first Christmas was in the manger in Bethlehem you know but today you see people trying to go here trying to buy this trying to do this for what I ask you see when the essence the essence the very essence of christmas is that is is the celebration of christ if you buy clothes if you buy chicken if you buy wine if you do all those things and the essence who is christ is not there then your christmas is lost you see christmas the essence of christmas is about celebrating the anointed one jesus and not about and not about where you are or what you have if you can see the first christmas was in the manger as long as you have jesus in your heart then you have christmas christmas is all about jesus you see the joy of christmas is that the savior is born look at the message of the angels in luke chapter 2 verse 10 to 11 and 14 he said behold i bring you good good tidings of great joy we shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord jesus our savior is born that is the good news of christmas whether you have wine in your house it's not the good news whether you have chicken in your house it's not the good news whether you have a sack of rice in your house it's not the good news the good whether you are gathered to your family is not the good news the good news is that Jesus is born. Is that our Savior, the Savior of the world, is born? Notice the Bible said, the Bible said, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people. It doesn't matter where you are, or who you are, or what you have. Christmas is is a is the good tiding of great joy to all people. Every generation needs Jesus. Every race needs Jesus. Every age needs Jesus. As long as you are a people, <laughs> that means my word, you need Jesus. Jesus came as the Savior of the world. Now remember, before this account or before Matthew, you all through the scriptures, man has had a sin dilemma. There had been a dent in the mark man had missed the mark with god his creator and so there was a gap in humanity there was a space in humanity there was a void between god and mankind in all humanity 
and that and that came all the way from the book of genesis when the first people adam and eve sinned hallelujah when the first men adam and eve sinned that is when the sin problem came and since then no man had been able to walk with god no man had been able to have complete peace perfect peace with god now jesus came to save all people from the sin denima the joy of christmas again let me say it's not that you have rice it's not that you have wine it's not that you are gathered with all your family the joy of christmas is that a savior is born this is the message that the angel brought to this to the shepherds this is the this is the message that the shepherds came all the way to bethlehem to celebrate to see the savior praise god to see the joy that has been brought to all people the joy that is brought to all people this is the message that we are supposed to be spreading in christmas i mean all card i believe all christmas cards are supposed to have luke chapter 2 to 11 and 14 that behold god has given us good tidings of great joy for all people that is savior that god has given us the savior of the world which is christ the lord hallelujah that right now because of jesus mankind now have peace between himself and god that there is no more hostility that god because of the sacrifice or because of the finished works of jesus that god is no longer looking down on mankind angrily that jesus is our is the substitutionary sacrifice that jesus is our propitiation right now for sin praise god jesus is our savior anytime i talk about this i get excited because there is no other message that mankind needs than knowing that in jesus is packaged the savior Jesus, yes, Jesus is Lord. Yes, Jesus is King. Yes, Jesus is so many. Jesus is our healer. But first and foremost, Jesus wants to be known. God wants us to know that Jesus is our Savior. Hallelujah. And that is the first message that the angels passed to mankind. That the Savior is born. Yes, Jesus healed. All Everything that he did was to show us that he was the messiah next in our next broadcast we are going to go into more of who the messiah is and what the messiah is all about but jesus came to bring peace between god and mine and bring us favor with god the bible says glory to god in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men jesus in his in 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 his finished works took upon himself the sin of mankind and died upon the cross on that cross he he cried out father father why have you forsaken me because the sin of mankind was laid upon him he became the scapegoat he became the lamb of god no longer this on that cross he was no longer the son of god he was the lamb of god crucified for the sin of mankind the horror of death the horror of sin came upon him of course you should know that he died because the sin of mankind was laid upon him remember in in the garden god said the day that you eat of this fruit you shall surely die 
Now, when Jesus ate of the fruit of sin, he died. And he died for all men. He was the sacrifice. He was the scapegoat that was worthy to take away the punishment for sin. So, when Jesus came upon this earth, he came as the Savior. He came from, he was sent from God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him. He gave him over to death. He gave him over to be sacrificed. He gave him over to become sin. Listen, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Go with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He said, For he had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was not... Um, was not half Jesus was made sin. That's what the scripture is trying to say. He was made. He was made. He was made sin. Let it sink in. For him who knew no sin was made sin. For he had made him sin. Jesus did not just carry sin. He was made sin. He became sin. He became that corset thing upon that cross. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, the Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, speaking of Jesus, the Bible said, the Bible said, um, let, let's, let, let me look, let me look for it. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Oh, glory. I'm enjoying this study already. Anytime I get to talk about the sacrifice of Jesus, I get so excited because I believe that the message our message as a church should be about this sacrifice there is nothing more to talk about but the sacrifice of jesus jesus did so much for us that we are that we've not taken into account we've not taken it into account we've not we've not uh, we've not fully appreciated what jesus came to do hallelujah no secret. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10. This is what Jesus said. He said, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Look at okay. Look at verse. Okay, let's read from verse. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 5. He said, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, talking about Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body that that thou thou hast prepared. Me, look at verse 9. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he might establish the second. Hallelujah. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The whole world, my, need I remind you, the whole world was dying in sin. No man was worthy. No man was worthy to, to, pay, this, to pay the price for sin. But Jesus came as the worthy one jesus came as the savior being prepared as a body for the sacrifice of sin hallelujah jesus offered himself to death he offered himself to sin he offered himself to darkness i mean imagine light becoming darkness just because of the sin of the world and jesus was not afraid to do that 
The Bible says, For God so loved the world. It, it is only love that can make a man lay down his life. Hallelujah. So Jesus is our Savior. That is the message of Christmas. The joy of Christmas is that the Savior, Jesus Christ, is born into the world. You see, Jesus Christ is born into the world. Jesus came to bring peace between God and man, thereby giving us favor with God. So Christmas is a time to rally people together for the worship of Jesus Christ. Christmas is a time to exalt Jesus Christmas is a time to rally, you know, go, go, as you go out, tell your neighbors, tell everybody, Jesus died. Jesus came to this world. He died for our sins. Hallelujah. That's the greatest event in history. It's not about what you have. Remember, like I said, the first Christmas was celebrated in a manger. It didn't matter what they had. It didn't matter what, it, 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 it didn't matter where they were. As long as Jesus was with them. So today, so it is today. It doesn't matter what you have to celebrate Christmas. It doesn't matter where you are to celebrate this Christmas. No. God is not looking at all that. God is looking at your heart. Do you have Jesus? Have you accepted the sacrifice of Jesus? Or you are still struggling to pay for your sins? Or you are still no, or you are still looking to religion? Or you are still looking, or you are still paying penance. You know, and a lot of people are still doing that. They are ignoring the sacrifice of Jesus, not knowing that Jesus died for them. Hallelujah. Christmas is the time to publish this message. Tell it, tell it to the whole world. Jesus died for our sins. Oh, once upon a time in history, God sent a man called Jesus, wrapped. Oh, he was the sacrifice for sin. Remember? Oh. <laughs> Glory. Remember um, um, John the Baptist when he saw Jesus after the Holy Ghost has come upon him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. <laughs> Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus stripped himself of every, of every godly um, 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 heritage as, he, as, as, Hebrews, as Hebrews chapter 2 said. And he humbled himself to die the death of a cross just because of you. You would have been lost right now. You wouldn't have peace with God right now if not for Jesus. But Jesus humbled himself so much. He humb- I mean, imagine what the scripture said. He said, for he was made sin. He was made sin. That horrible thing came upon him. Oh, but he did that because he was the only one that could do that. If not Jesus, no one else could do that. He was the only one who was perfect. Remember, all men, all men, every single man, as long as you are born of Adam, as long as you came from, from the nature of Adam, you, you, you have sin in you. But Jesus came as the second Adam. He came as the second Adam. And in his body, he condemned sin in the flesh. Hallelujah. He took upon himself that sin nature. So Christmas, my point is Christmas is a time to rally people together for the worship, for the celebration of Jesus Christ. And great things always happen when we set our hearts to bring honor and celebrate Jesus Christ. Great things happen. And and that's how the first Christmas was celebrated. The angels came, gave the message to, to the shepherds. And the shepherds went in that joy to seek out Jesus. Christmas is a time to seek out Jesus. Take out time. Share this message to people. Share the message of, of the arrival of the Savior to people. Tell them the sacrifice for sin 
is here. You don't have to do penance for your sins. You don't have to cry out for your sins. No, all you have to do is look at the cross, look at the sacrifice of Jesus and see that God has brought a sacrifice. The worthy one is here. Hallelujah. You don't have to live in sin again. No, 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 no. Jesus is here. So that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Christmas. That a Savior is born into the world. Hallelujah. So my admonition for you is that as you go out this day, you know, as you go out this day, share the good news. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family that Jesus is born. Praise God. Now, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about more about who Jesus is, you know, what he came to do, his mission, and more about who the Messiah is. Remain blessed. Merry Christmas, everybody.